Welcome everybody, welcome to Echoes of New Eden, coming at you with another great episode today. I'll go over a couple things in the game. Demonzel joins us in the roundtable where we discuss capital ships, and then we'll get into the interview I had with Enavera, and we talked about the war in the south. Let's get it. All right, first things first, announcements. Looks like they had some changes based off feedback on the turret damage bonus on thermomagnetic storm nanocores, which is in inconsistent with the ships that have missile launchers and drone bonuses. So they realized that some of these bonuses didn't particularly help a ship, besides the appearance change. So the future nanocores will have more relevant attribute bonuses for the ships that they can be applied to. Considering that nanocores just launched and are an extremely new part of New Eden, they'll also be working on additional design for specific ships. And we'll also have nanocores for more specialized ships. For, for example, interdictors, logistics, industrial ships. We'll have to see uh, the direction of these nanocores and where they go. As far as patch notes this week, they did have some optimizations. They, of course, did the current market Transaction records, they updated those pricing. The uh, nanocore system can now be accessed through the bidding UI. And the compensation for the Concord Pass page crash will be issued. Uh, they had a number of bug fixes. Uh, tons of issues with uh, Concord Pass missions, Concord credits, uh, Concord missions once again, fixed an issue while trying to enter the game on the iPad Air 2. They had some bug fixes about nanocores. Uh, fixed an issue where some players had their ISS deducted, but could not refresh the Concord mission board successfully. Refined the text on the UI and the description boxes for some nanocores. So just a bunch of nanocore and Concord bug fixes, it seems like they uh, fixed this week, so. Going on to player support news. There was some questions and some answers here. How to obtain a nanocore. There are two ways to gain nanocores. One from Nihilus space. You can get the materials to reverse engineer the nanocore. And two from the Concord Pass shop where you can use the Concord credits to exchange for a nanocore. What's the difference between a nanocore and the skin? If the, skin, if the ship is fitted with a nanocore, you can choose one of your skins to tailor the color. Meanwhile, the nanocore offers a skin. Can nanocores be upgraded? Yes. The nanocore 1 and 2 cannot be upgraded, while the nanocore 3 and 4 can. What does upgrading the nanocore do for it? The answer is, you will have access to the function for the skin customization, and you'll get the main attribute for the ship if the nanocore is activated. Each time when the nanocore levels up, you can get the one more secondary attribute. Question, I don't like the secondary attribute on my nanocore, what can I do about it? You can use the material to reset the secondary attribute. 
How can I obtain materials to upgrade the nanocore? Currently, there are two ways to gain the upgrade materials. One, from refining the nanocore, and two, the Concord Pass shop. Can I get the materials for upgrading back? When the upgraded nanocore is repackaged, the material for the successful upgrade will be refunded. Please be kindly noted that these materials for failed upgrades are not recorded in the nanocore, so they cannot be refunded. Question. I don't like my nanocore 3 and unable to trade it. What can I do? The nanocore 3 and 4 stores a customized data for the pilot, and it's not tradable. If you don't need the nanocore 3 or 4, you can refine it to get the upgrade materials. When will the nanocore 4 be released? Currently, we do not have any plans on releasing the nanocore 4. Stay tuned for that announcement. I got some media updates from you. So on Twitter, they had the developers weekly question and answer. So can we please have capacitor transfer skills? Shield and armor have dedicated skills. So should the final logi component. Answer. We do not have any immediate plans on adding capacitor transfer skills. We have mostly been focusing on adding skills that for modules that already are being used by a larger player base. If we had skills for too many modules, it would raise the requirement higher than we'd like for the players to specialize on a particular type of ship. We will consider adding another attribute bonuses to boost the effectiveness of this type of module. Question. Do you plan on making any changes to the new scanners introduced in the new update after having seen what happened this week with many players who died doing story missions, mainly the new ones? Since it is one of the few ways to get ISK in advance in the game, and right now it is not possible. We are currently discussing how to help with this as well as making missions more rewarding. We will share more info about this when that gets finalized. So about the scanning system, I do most of the encounters while watching something or doing other stuff. And by the time I realize that someone scanned my ship or system, it's too late. Is there any plans to add a sound when you get scanned? The answer is we plan on adding a sound effect to help alert players when they are being scanned. This feature should be added sometime after August. Freight delivery orders were given stricter time limits to complete a few patches go. This was good for the players sending requests so they get items faster, but it has changed how piloting freight feels. Even for larger sized crates, some of these time limits discourage using larger ships because of how slow they move. Will there be an opportunity in the future for a freight pilot who can increase time limits with skills or higher collateral adjustment so these ships can be more useful again. We will have it so couriers may only accept delivery requests when there's at least 25% time left on the job, now 10%. For example, a shipping container under 10 jumps away would require at least 15 minutes left for it to be able to be accepted. This change should go live sometime in July. So I, I want to say this is an all-time low for a ban notice this ban notice came out today 676 accounts were banned and let's see it looks like a majority of them abnormal anomaly behavior
All right, that's it for game news. Now let's get to the roundtable segment. Welcome to the Eve Echoes Roundtable. This segment of the show, we will discuss an Eve Echoes topic provided to us by a fan of the show chosen at random. Are you guys ready? We're ready. All right. Ready, sir. Let's do our introductions today. We got Damon Zell, our guest here today. What's up, Damon? What's happening, everyone? And then we got E-Rock, our common roundtable talker. What's up, E-Rock? Howdy. We got Jackknife, too. What's up, Jack? How's it going? And we have Turpish. What's up, Turp? Hello, hello. All right, I shall roll for the topic. And the winner, and the winner is... is... All right, capital ships. What are they, and what should we expect from them in the game? <coughs> Damon Zell, you're up. Uh, capital ships. The the in Eve Online they serve a specific function, and that is to lay siege upon enemy structures. Uh, they go into something called a siege mode, and they just you know attack these structures with heavy DPS to um, get them killed a lot faster. Uh, then you also have your fleet battles. You know once everyone's in caps. But other than that, there's really it's really no no feature, and uh, I really don't know how they're going to handle it in Eve Echoes due to the whole striker variant of the battleships that they're coming out with, which performs the same duty of siege mode. Right. Plus, yeah. Jack. Plus, up? there's a limitation to DPS on the on the stations right now in Echoes. So how's that going to work with the dreadnoughts, etc.? Right. So this topic, I think, was kind of based off of the Dreadnoughts coming in to the game next month. And uh, what what are we going to expect from these types of ships? We already see these capital freighter ships. Now, I have yet to see one. Actually, I have one on the test server, but I have, <laughs> I've flown one there, but I have yet to actually see one. I don't think many people are using these, so how useful they are right now, I don't think it's... They're they're at useful at all, but will they become useful someday? Will dreadnoughts be useful when they come in? Are are there going to be other are there other types of capital ships to expect? Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, has anybody seen a freighter in the wild? I've seen exactly one pulling into Jita, and that was it. But outside of that one, I've not seen any of them except on the test server when we tested all that stuff out. I'm still waiting to see the first freighter kill. Um, I know some of the guys in MTACO have made bait freighters uh, to try and, and you know bait some uh, large scale PvP, but uh, other than that, I haven't really seen one in game. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is the cost of freighters and echoes just seems to be so much more than Eve Online. Like in Eve Online, I remember this is like way back in the day, it was like a billion esque, you know. And right now, it's is at least fifteen billion, maybe higher. I don't know for a freighter and that is just a lot more um for just really limited utility I mean, you know your utility versus your price is just crazy insane i think my biggest concern is that the capital ships are going to be even more expensive and it's going to be more oriented uh you know just to whales or to um i mean that's obviously going to be a big alliance thing but i think that they're trying to push uh, honestly, more plex pur purchasing, like making them so expensive. 
um, you know, and giving uh, whales and other spenders more more content that they can buy in the in the game. Um, and Jack's point on the damage cap is a real thing. I think really it's going to be because of that damage cap, it's really going to be about whoever has most capital ships to be able to hold the field and actually defend an asset or to be able to destroy an asset. They are going to be required, but it's not going to be required for DPS. It's going to be required for strategic reasons. Um, so I can see. I can see that too, because we already see that now, right? So the game's got a linear progression. So four four battle cruisers show up versus four battleships, right? The battleships win, and and the whole art is just the bigger is the better, and that's that's just the end of it. So you could definitely see everybody's got to be in battleships now. You could easily see it being everybody's got to be in capital ships next. I could see that. Well, you you have to realize a billion a billion esque in Eve Online was a lot harder, a lot did more for you than a billion esque in Echoes. I'm trying to say the diff the difference between ISK and online versus Echoes is astronomical. As in, it just it gets you further and you've online. No, I mean it was it was harder to make ISK, and you, you're, you're, the value of ISK itself went a lot farther online than it does on Echoes. Gotcha. Right. So is it like is it maybe because there's consumables? So you whereas like right now we run a a 90k mission and we get four you know two to four million in, in bounty ticks, right? But we're out in nothing unless, you know, as long as they're still shield tanking, right? We're out, there's, there's no cost. But in EO, there's, what, consumables and ammo and other things that have a cost that just cuts into how much is per hour you can make, correct? Yeah, that too. I mean, on Echoes, you can do one anomaly and make a billion is. That's maybe gotcha. a couple hours of work. Where EVE Online... Took weeks to even come close. Okay, so we're just basically uh, uh, inflated, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a different mechanic. So, so jumping back to the topic, there is what what could even a, be a projected price for a capital, and mm -hmm. who in the game would have that kind of a bankroll to to even roll one out. Also, you have to figure that like going capital, um, such as freighters. Currently, it's not the same as EVE Online, whereas um, in EVE Online, you had the four pillars of trade. You had Jita, Dodixie, uh, you had Amar, and the one out in Mimitar that no one ever goes to. Um, and what they would do is they would load up these freighters, and they'd travel something called the Silk Road, and just be going from each of these trade hubs and just buying a bunch of stuff at one trade hub, loading it on another trade hub, and that's how they would make money. We're not going to see that in the game just because everyone just uses uh, Jita. They don't really go to any of the other systems. And the, uh, the other aspect is I think we're going to see more of them when uh, they drop, when dreads drop, because you're going to get the Sino fields and you're going to get uh, the jump freighters at that time. No one wants to move a freighter in fear that they're going to lose basically everything. <laughs> if yeah. I remember right, jump freighters and dreadnoughts, etc. were only allowed in Nulsa. Yep. So that was another thing. But as far as the trade routes, I think Erock told me one time he used to do that. He used to buy in one trade hub and bring it back to Jita and make a ton of money. Yeah, that's where I made all my money. Yeah, uh, I would I would just do uh, region wide, uh, you know, buy orders. But people just don't sell stuff in this game. Uh, you know, very much outside of Jita. Um, and really, you can go to any trade hub and and sell. Yep. 
so, so are these jump freighters these are capital ships what do these jump freighters do they basically Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say they basically create their own jump gate so am i skipping 10 so systems have... or am i skipping to a different constellation what what's, About... what's that entail about 10 systems. So you can jump from, like, say, a low-sec system. You can transfer everything to a low-sec system, get into your jump freighter, and then jump 10 systems, wait the time, the cooldown time, and then jump another 10 systems and to your home system. Hmm. Now, are those vulnerable? Are those targetable? Are those able to be destroyed? Oh, yes. <laughs> and it, oh, took, yes. it took a long while to, to jump. Yeah. Same with the freighters, where it takes forever to align uh, to actually get to warp. It's worse with a jump freighter. You're talking at maybe like a solid five minutes sitting there waiting to jump. That's how it is right now, or or did they? No, fix with uh, the jump freighters. That's on, on that's with the ship itself, not actually jumping with them, like jumping using them as a jump bridge. Yeah. Hmm. So you basically had a fleet with you. Whenever you whenever you went to do that, because it was it was suicide to do. Interesting. Yeah. So how does that change the? So so like right now we come in, we bubble gates, right? We're ready to go. So somebody is able to sneak a covert ops over, roll it out in the middle of the system. Yeah, that means your bubbles aren't going to help you any. I guess that means you know scanning down your. And so now you're going to get into not only you have to bubble your gates, but eventually once this is all announced, you're going to need somebody scanning down. And finding any neutrals or reds in your system, because they may not be eyes accounts, they may be somebody holding a jump bridge. And then it sounds like the prep time is super high, but the jump on the other side is straight. So I'm just thinking back through like NetEase and their their server challenges at times. Can you just imagine, you know, four reds, everything stationed ten systems away, and then all of a sudden four jumps all come in at more or less the same time, and the system spikes again. That's got to be an interesting technical challenge they're going to have to solve before they put the jump freighters in. Right. Yeah, it'll be an interesting mechanic to add to the game. But we'll see if they will even add that. But I wanted to touch base. Uh, I wanted to get back to what Damon was talking about, how he was saying that strikers were are probably going to be superior compared to the dreadnoughts just for the cost alone. Materials cost, whatever it is, it's going to be... Cost, a, a movement time, because, like I said, capital ships take a hell of a lot of time to align and then to warp, whereas your battleships, it's, their strike variant is going to work the same as a regular battle. So, do these capital ships, do they have their own skills to train in, or are they using industrial ship or battleship skills? They had their own, if I remember right. Well, what if about I remember these... Right, Capital ships had all these, you know, they're small, medium, and large. And then there was, I forgot the actual name of it, but there was a next step up after large. It was extra large. I think it was Super, extra large. Yeah. Super cap yes, extra, capital. Extra large. Yeah, it was extra large. And we do know, we do know that super caps and, or, and titans will be coming. Wow. What, what does that entail? <laughs> uh, titans, if I remember right, I've only been. I only seen them one time. You, you can't, you can't dock it. So at all times, somebody has to be in the pilot seat. And see, right now in Echoes, you can't exit your ship. You have to dock it. But in Eve Online, you could 
exit your ship in the middle of space and your ship would just be floating. So if you had a Titan, you had to park it next to the station, get out of it and have, and have one of your coordinates jump back into the ship. Otherwise, the enemy can just fly in, jump in the ship and steal it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I just couldn't see them doing that here. They, they, they'd they had some uh, BS where uh, you jump in a new ship and you have like a 100-hour audit to fly that fucking Titan. Um, so... Thing. It's like building a station. You have to. It's almost the same as anchoring, where it's just floating in space for a good amount of time before it's actually active. Yeah, but I just, I just don't see them doing that because they, they anything that is could be an illicit transfer of assets, it gets flagged for botting, and so they're going to come up with some other way somehow with they're that. Gonna to, they're going to have to figure it out because you know people are going to want it. Oh yeah, uh, especially if we've been. I believe they got on record with Titans. It's not going to be like EVE Online. They're going to allow them to dock in yeah. your... Uh, because we, you figure the Citadels that we have right now, they're not Keep Stars. They're not the big ones. They're still going to come out with even bigger uh, null, null space structures than what we have currently. And that's what, that's what you're going to have to dock your, uh, your capitals in, your super caps. Uh, real quick, tell me about Keep Stars because this is the first time I've heard of this. How to put Keepstar. Okay, so you have your Corpse Citadel, right? Yeah. Um, your Keepstar is basically your your Corpse Citadel, but it's the size of, say, Jita. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> massive. Okay. It's, so, yeah. <laughs> you, it's, it's, the way they work structures in EVE Echoes is a lot different than the way they work structures in EVE Online. So it, it is going to be uh, curious how they're going to work everything. You think uh, in those, are you able to select like your uh, design of the Keep Star? Where it's like all outposts, in, in Echoes, all outposts look alike, all Citadels look alike. Do we get any sort of <laughs> different looks? Do we have a, I don't know, a choice, I guess, to change what they look like? I don't think so, uh, but from what I remember them being in game, it looks like. It looks like two towers connected by like a, a bridge. Didn't yeah. it? Didn't it go by race too? Like Eldari, Lamar. Isn't it? Wasn't that a factor in all the stations and everything too? I believe so. Like I said, it's been it's been a good eight years since I played Eve Online. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's, it's been a long while for me too. All right. Um, well, I think I'll wrap it up at that. All right. Well, that concludes this week's roundtable chat. I will see you guys next week with another topic to discuss. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Later, Rambo. Later. Anytime. I'm Anevera from OG Empire. Welcome to Echoes of New Eden. Welcome, Inevera. Welcome to Echoes of New Eden. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. How Thank are you? you? I'm doing great as well. Uh, you know, a little bit ago before uh, the show started, my daughter threw up on me. So good thing I didn't have my Sunday best on. I was like, oh, right before the show. I change. Yeah, this is kind of funny. But <laughs> <laughs> she's down for sleep, so this makes perfect timing. So cool. Well, Anavera, uh, give an intro about yourself. Sure. So I'm one of two leads of OG Empire. Um, I was also one of the primary coordinators for uh, the Content Coalition, um, one of the 
the founding members that kind of got all of our alliances together and stuff. Um, originally, you know, Southern Coalition. So, uh, yeah, exciting. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for uh, coming on the show and talking to me about this. So, in the past, I have interviewed people from all around New Eden trying to get info on this war, and really, I hadn't been able to. It's not that I haven't tried to reach. I've I've reached certain people and certain groups and whatever, but trying to get the content coalition side of things for a while now. So uh, I, I believe that you would be able to provide that. So we're going to talk about this war. Now, it's pan, let's see, pan gen 22 with the addition of SHH as of recently versus content coalition and every and everybody that uh, they're affiliated with so let's go way back let's go way back <laughs> way way back <laughs> as to how did all of this even start oh uh, yeah so it it really depends on on who you ask you know content coalition is is a group of a bunch of um like independent alliances, so we have uh, Void OG, Warp, and ACR, which is a collection of you know mostly Chinese groups with a, a small like US UK uh, wing, um, and we all have you know different motivations for that, and and GHA was a, a, a major part of that towards the beginning as well. Um, so from what I understand, it w it's primarily a land dispute between Genesis and ACR over faith. Um, so OG, Void, and Warp um, got involved uh, originally through our defensive pact with ACR. So we've had a, a defensive pact with, with them for a long time. This, this is going on like before the botting war. Right, um, and they've been amazing neighbors. You know, uh, all we've had great communication with them through WeChat and um, their diplomats in in Discord. Um, they've always, you know, uh, abided by their agreements. You know, we're we're bordering them. Uh, so OG is is uh, OG and Void and Warp are all bordering ACR. Um, so you know, it it made sense. To, to have a defensive pact with them and, and it, it had worked out really well for a long time. Um, after the botting war, uh, ACR got involved, um, ended up absorbing a lot of DP uh, and basically wanted Faith back, right? Uh, Faith was taken from DP during, uh, during the botting war and several of their corps um, and that had joined ACR had been displaced. Um, so th they wanted that space back. Uh, so there was, you know, a, a fairly minor conflict just between ACR and, and uh, Genesis between that. Um, this is, this is well before the Continent Coalition was founded. Uh, we had, and OG and Void didn't, get involved in the war at all until um, ACR started losing citadels in Dederid or being put into hole, right? So uh, originally this was defensive only. Uh, OG and Void would help defend ACR citadels in Dederid. That was, that was our thing. Um, so 
Diplomacy with Genesis was was difficult. We were trying to de-escalate the the war in general, um, and it it didn't seem like Genesis or ACR were really um, super interested in leaving, or, you know, uh, ending the war or anything like that. Um, and then Genesis basically told us, "Hey, if you're helping ACR, like you're the enemy. There there's no chance for peace. And after we're done with ACR, you're next." Um, so at, at that point, this was, this was after, you know, two or three weeks of, um, of negotiating with Genesis and there was a ceasefire at one point, um, they were getting upset with our interceptor roams that, you know, we were sending out across the galaxy, hitting GHA, hitting, um, Genesis, Pantheon, uh, silent, everyone, um, you know, really, a OG is a a small alliance, mostly, you know, thrives on that small room content. But it was a problem for Genesis, and um, we couldn't reconcile peace, right? Um, so after, you know, two weeks of this weird, we're gray, but we can't attack each other, um, and only helping defend ACR uh, kind of ceasefire thing, um, we decided you know, enough is enough. If we're not making any progress here on, on terms that we can do friendly content, uh, we're just going to join the war, right? So um, our first engagement was with with the ZID, um, the Genesis station in ZID. Uh, so we took that out um, shortly after uh, ACR had dropped a, a, a new citadel there that still stands. Um, and I think that's you know that that's basically how how it started on you know from our perspective uh so pantheon and uh gha and all of these other groups really pulled in to this this major conflict between acr and genesis uh, through poor diplomacy hmm. i mean that's a weird way to fight i guess or a weird motive or a weird reason to yeah, get brought up into the fight. It's like okay, bad diplomacy. All of a sudden, you got thousands of people fighting each other. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, Pantheon says it's a defensive war. You know, we say it's a defensive war. The only people who don't say it's a defensive war are ACR and Genesis, right? So, so you, yeah, you'd said earlier that they are basically fighting for Fey. It's a it's it's to get their old land back, and that's ACR trying to get their old land back. Is there any other motives to this? Are they trying to? I know uh, Genesis thinks that it's a extinction maneuver, like they're trying to get rid of Genesis. Period. And Genesis is like, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. We're fighting for this. We're fighting for you know their alliance to maintain. They're fighting for to keep this land or this this area. Has there been any sort of negotiations as to kind of settle as far as, you know, splitting those areas or becoming neighbors? Yeah, so um, th there's definitely been some negotiations. I think I think that, you know, the narrative of Genesis, like a Genesis extinction war came a lot afterwards. That was, that was after GHA got involved um, and they were, you know, severely on the back foot. Uh, Genesis was they had been pushed into you know period basis and Paragon Soul um, mostly out of 
out of Esoteria, and all of their corps were, or most of their corps were, you know, set up in POSs across, you know, their territory. Um, I, I think that's that's mostly where that came from. JHA uh, certainly that was uh, from from what we were told um, in, in internal, you know, uh, Southern Coalition chats. Uh, like leadership chats, that was the motivation for for GHA, and because of that, you know, that was our narrative too. Um, I, I'm sure we'll get into this later on, but there's there's certainly been a shift in that. Um, we Content Coalition does not want to end any groups, including Genesis. Uh, that's that's never been our primary goal. Um, it was to stop kind of the expansion of Genesis. So when we saw, you know, this deep, this, this botting war and they, they were taking over Fey and they were, you know, pushing into Deterid. Deterid is, is our neighboring region, right? And we would rather have, you know, ACR, which has been our friends for, for you know, months as a neighbor rather than this giant Genesis block. I, I think there was some miscommunication there too. Um, I don't think Genesis actually wanted all of that space, um, but certainly internally in in OG and Void, that was that was the concern, right? So there's there's been some some negotiation as far as that. Uh, so essentially, the the current piece offers um, ACR uh, is you know wants faith uh and and currently controls faith um so we had offered you know pan gen 22 uh essentially a clean split line between um you know acr gets faith uh mm-hmm. so it relinquishes any claims to like esoteria that they might have or anything like that um and basically you know genesis keeps their ancestral home from the start of the game. Um, ACR keeps, and, you know, the remnants of DP keeps their ancestral home from the beginning of the game in, in Fey, and we call it quits, right? Um, Pangen, the only offer of peace that they've offered is essentially abandon ACR, let them fall, um, and we won't kill you yet, right? Um, ACR is the the strongest of of content coalitions alliances. Um, so all of our Citadel timers are set in you know ACR's prime time. Uh, mm-hmm. So it taking that deal would with no guarantees that hey we're not going to come for you next right um, would be you know, detrimental to us uh, in the long run. So back in the day, I had, um, I think, I believe I had a show with um, Zell and Hayu and Neon Poison. It was when the GHA fell. I had asked Zell, um, I believe I asked him why they decided to get to join the war in the South. And he had said that they joined the war to defend their fo- uh, their friends and void. Not necessarily. Yeah. He he didn't really say. You know, they're they're fighting to rid Genesis off the map. That's the that's the first that I heard of that. But what I have heard was that they were joining Void in their efforts. You know, toward the war. So, 
Yeah, that was that was certainly the the motivation um, getting into it. You know, it, it's all defensive packs all the way down. Uh, Pantheon defensive packed with Genesis, GHA defensive packed with Void, Void defensive packed with ACR. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so this coalition has changed names a couple times. What what was it originally called? Was it originally called the Southern Coalition? Yeah, so we didn't actually have a name for it. You know, it was, it was just a ragtag group of alliances. Um, and the media had said, you know, Southern Coalition and whatever. And, um, you know, I, I think Damon Zell had mentioned that and a couple others. Um, and it, it just kind of stuck. Uh, we didn't really choose that name. Um, and it didn't really make sense because most of us were, you know, Eastern. Um, so uh, after... GHA fell, we had rebranded to uh, Content Coalition, um, and a lot of people joke about that, you know, uh, Content Coalition, you know, doesn't provide content or whatever, right? Um, I, I think that's a mischaracterization of what the name was originally intended for. Uh, so all alliances in, in CC have uh, have created or have signed like this pact, right? Uh, the pact is essentially, um, if there's no one to fight, uh, if we're at peace, we all go neutral to each other. You know, none of us want to be a big blob. Um, we all go neutral and basically uh, just don't attack our, our citadels. They're, they're NIPs, like non-invasion packs all around, mm -hmm. right? Um, so our goal is really to always have content for our members um as, as much content as as possible um so if that if that means you know fighting amongst ourselves in in a friendly way then um then that was the you know the whole idea of the coalition um gha had an issue with that uh originally um they were the only holdouts from from that pact um so uh, and, and that was primarily because you know they didn't want to go neutral with Void. They didn't want, um, and and they had trade routes and stuff going through um, other alliances' territories and and things along those lines. So um, you know it, it wasn't super ben beneficial for GHA to do that, um, which which makes sense. But uh, we so we rebranded after GHA fell um, and after all alliances had signed. Well, I do think the Content Coalition uh, is a good, suitable name for you because you guys are providing content, um, whether it's uh, win or lose. It doesn't matter. ZID, WX, WX again, um, all the all the stuff that uh, Pantheon has been doing. You know, they they make their content creators are making videos. It's all in the media. I would say in the last at least. OK, for sure. Top 10 battles. But I would say in the last five largest battles, content coalitions probably had three of them. You know, yeah. so uh, yeah, for sure. We've, providing we've broken content. records a couple times. You know, especially like during the beginning of the war, it was it was pretty impressive. Yeah, the so I was at the battle of ZID. I watched it, and I also had interview with GHA following that. And that was a big win for the Content Coalition. And ACR, I believe, was the one uh, they they dropped that Citadel. And I, I can't remember if that was for a whole timer or if that was an anchoring timer. But 
That was 1,500 people. We haven't seen a battle of 1,500 people since that battle. Yeah, it's crazy what what this community can can accomplish. You know, especially during the start of the war. I I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I I don't think a, a long term war is is beneficial for the game. Um, but uh, I I I do think you know starting out it was it was very good uh, for for morale on both sides and. Um, you know, just the the sheer amount of organization and stuff it it takes to bring fifteen hundred people together in a mobile game for a single event. It's it's impressive. Not to mention that battle was what eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I woke up and it was already going. I'm like, oh, cray. Okay, let's 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 see here. Yeah. So tell us a bit of the evolution of the corpse and the alliances that are involved. So I actually you already basically hit on this was ACR at war before they were even called ACR or was I think ACR is primarily F1 I'm not sure if F2 Tiger is around I, I can't remember if it's called F2 Tiger um F3 DP you know all, are all of those part of ACR or are there more did more get later added in um how about with like void did people end up coming and going what what's what's going on with uh the corpse within the alliances involved yeah sure so uh acr is you know a a coalition um kind of a a sub coalition of you know the contact coalition um so there, there are a bunch of alliances you know um f1 uh, through three was like the primary deal. Uh, Eric, who's um, awesome, awesome guy in, in ACR, he's um, you know the, the primary coordinator for for that group. Um, there's uh, they you know absorbed basically the the, the majority of the Chinese uh, alliances and, and corps um, kind of in the southern area. Um, especially after the botting war and and DP um, had fallen and and stuff along those lines, um, there's also Neek, which is a, a separate group. Um, also, you know, amazing people. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a couple uh, there's a couple changes in there, especially during the start of the war. It's been pretty stagnant um, throughout like the the majority of of the war. Um, most groups have have stayed stationary. Um, you know, taking in a couple corps from around the galaxy, but uh, for the most part, no no major changes in alliances. Um, GHA obviously falling apart was was a big one. Um, but other than that, I think it's been fairly static as to actually who who is on the side of uh, contact coalition, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about the GHA and their breakup and how it affected the war in the south. Sure. So, um, I think we were, you know, Southern Coalition was doing amazing, amazing things. I think, um, you know, we focused primarily on Genesis, pushed them back into um, period basis and Paragon Soul, um, and basically, it, it fall of GHA from from what I understand started with a, a major push um, into Pantheon space. Um, so. We had gone through and, you know, 
uh, reinforced you know, probably a dozen citadels and a bunch of POSs and stuff on a major push over a, a one weekend um, and pushed, I, th- I think, like three or four citadels all the way into Holtimer. Um, and then, you know, that, that really started, you know, Pantheon was, was part of the war, but they were mostly defending and doing small roam and stuff. Um, that was the point, that was the tipping point to where uh, Pantheon really got involved. Um, and they went completely, you know, against JJ. Um, that was very intense. Uh, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of battles there. Um, JJ had, had several citadels, um, that weren't in, that weren't in the correct time. Um, there was some communication issues between various corps, um, within the Alliance. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not particularly strong in, at least compared to, uh, Pantheon Genesis for, forces, um, in, you know, the US UK time zone. Um, and that was, you know, where the GHA Citadels were in, right? Um, I, I think that mixed a lot with, you know, internal struggles uh, in, in a council setting. Um, so I was I was originally part of Elysium. Um, so I've, I've had some experience with democratic councils um, and they, they do not do well under pressure. Uh, so I think there was a lot of that going around too. Um, I think the... Breakup of JJ and uh, the the vast majority of their corps moving to either Silent or Pantheon uh, really hurt. Um, it, it was good and bad. It it hurt in in terms of numbers um, for the Southern Coalition in uh, the US UK time zones, but uh, it was also a lot less to defend. Right, JJ uh, was very spread out. Uh, you know, difficult to defend their their citadels and and working out the logistics of managing as many citadels as they had so i i think it was it was good in terms of much less to defend um but bad in terms of actual numbers during uh, a critical time of the war right so we've managed without them for the most part uh but it was definitely a blow uh, so much for them having Void as their closest friends, but yet I don't think any of them joined Void. No, no one joined Void. No one joined. Uh, I, I, we got like a couple of individual corps. I think um, we got one corp in in OG. We got. Uh, I, I think one of them joined ACR or something, but the actual alliances within GHA um, all kind of went off either to silent or to pantheon yeah if it's one thing anybody in any alliance can learn from the downfall of gha the pantheon i believe they did a roam where they hit several and this was lack of gha communication as well people weren't self-reinforcing their citadels for just defense in general just to you know keep it in their time zones or whatever when they're strongest well pantheon seen that or they hit them when they were favorable times but they hit like five in one night and then yeah. they came back the next day and hit those same five again and then they came for the whole timers and it just miraculously happened to be like wow look at all these whole timers yet again 
<laughs> there was no coordination, <laughs> you know, and I, I want to say four of them went down that night. Uh, and GHA was very mad about that. And there was a lot of frustrations internally. Uh, yeah, just, just amazing amount of frustrations that happened during that time. And a lot of people were sick of the war, sick of CTAs and all that stuff. They couldn't even undock without having to deal with reds or uh, some sort of nuisance right so i think a lot of people were just getting sick of it and they said you know i'm just gonna go to high sec or i'm gonna go to an alliance that's not part of this but yeah, everybody's at you know i think eventually they're gonna end up getting back into it at some point anyway so just in a, under a different corp or a different alliance yeah i i think you know it, it probably helped to have it, Wars, just in general, are are good for morale, good for content, good for whatever. Um, I th I think just having them, you know, short and intense wars followed by you know small bits of peace is probably the best for the game overall. Um, so you know, I, I think it really helped. Even even like joining Pantheon, who who's still part of the war, you know, the uh, JJ alliances and stuff kind of. Um, you know, backed out a little bit for a little while. And I think that really helped um, them. So why did SHH get involved recently? <laughs> and I want to say uh, they even declared war against OG specifically. What's that about? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think, honestly, it's, it's probably uh, new leadership trying to, you know, differentiate themselves from old leadership. Um, I think... You know, there, there's some grudges, you know, Evil Darkness and Nihilist um, seem to have uh, some beef with specifically the AL Corp. Um, a lot of that comes from w within OG. Um, they've been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, they're they're quirky. Uh, we've never had any issues with them. Um, but, you know, they, they have history, and most of that history comes from, you know, way back in off-force times. Um, so Evil Darkness was originally a, a director in AL. Um, I believe he got demoted or something um, and ended up quitting the corp uh, because of that and has had a grudge ever since. Even even while GHJ and OG were allied, um, like in Southern Coalition times, uh, you know, there was there was constant bickering between um between the CEO of AL and and Evil Darkness, uh, so I I think a lot of that uh, you know contributed to their decision to declare war on OG, this massive coalition uh, against a, an alliance of you know two thousand or so. So it's 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 definitely an interesting experience. We we certainly welcome the the content. Um, it's mostly been you know. Interceptor roams and stuff from them, which is awesome. That's that's actually the content that, that we love and, and enjoy, you know. Um, so it, it hasn't been, especially with the the new Nihilus content. I I, I think it it's been fairly um, fairly relaxed comparatively, um, and we were expecting you know a lot more from seventy percent of the, the galaxy focusing on OG, so. You know, it's funny you mention e Evil Darkness. It's, it seems like he does have, like, this uh, cloud around him that just begs for war and issues. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Because wherever he's at, wherever he's at, he's involved with something and it's never good. Uh, yeah. Uh, he caused a bunch of issues in, um, in Op Force. I'm, I've heard horror stories from GHA. Um, and now he's, he's in Silent. So I, you know, I wish Silent all the best with, with his shenanigans. Um, I, you know, I hope that, uh, they're able to to bear the brunt of of that drama. Well, back when uh, True Beast was supreme leader, uh, he kept the cat in a cage, but I think Nihilus may have let him out. So <laughs> it should be interesting to see how that that whole <laughs> situation develops. Yeah, so we talked so- about some of the biggest battles in the game: uh, ZID, WX, the anchoring of. Uh, no place like home uh, I believe recent more recently they had another battle defending a, a whole timer there where Genesis came up and I want to say they came up with like 600 or 800 just Genesis players uh, for that defense uh, so that turned out to be a, a battle of a thousand plus you know what are some of the goods and the bad things about these battles yeah so um, I th- I think you know major battles are are good for the game for the most part um but you know the game was really not developed for that kind of thing so we we've seen you know consistently that uh you know netty's developers have been you know focusing on small room um and uh content you know i don't think they really expected from a mobile game 1500 players to be in a single instance um you know, battling it out. Uh, that's the kind of numbers we're, we see in, like, EVE Online, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of on a consistent basis. So, you know, I I think it's not great for... Um, I think it's great for people coming into the game to see that, you know, uh, you know news articles and stuff like that, like 1,500 players, um, you know, battle it out in some mobile game like from an outside perspective that's like holy shit that's amazing right um like what what other mobile games can you can you see that in (laughs) um like it's just unheard of um but i i think you know if if we want that on a more consistent basis um there's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, in in strengthening the servers and stuff, even even now, you know, I th- I think things have improved, um, but you know, we s- we still have you know, two hundred v two hundred uh, battles where it's literally just a slideshow. Um, I I I don't think battles like that are are really great for the morale of individual alliances. Um, like people are just not don't don't want to spend you know six to eight hours watching a slideshow on their phone to to see if hey i guess we won i guess we didn't right mm-hmm. um so it, you know with how the game is is currently set up and developed i think you know small room content or um 100 100 battles and stuff like that are are really where the fun is um but I love to see you know more of those um, you know small smaller fleet engagements and stuff um, just so that our our members can have more fun right 
yeah not to mention you don't have to deal with server caps you don't have to deal with as much lag uh tie-dye was a big issue with the zid battle where it was tie-dye times six so it was six times slower than normal speed and i think wx had a tie-dye of three yeah. the, that that was probably one of the issues with with the time for how long that battle was so i definitely agree and and you know both sides formed up super early for that fight too you know so we're waiting on grid for um an hour an hour and a half uh and then basically to wait for a slideshow <laughs> like it's it's not particularly fun for an individual to dedicate their entire day for that right right what do you think the future of the war is will it ever come to an end uh we'll have to see uh so you know i i think it's it's definitely a possibility of of ending i think it's likely to you know end in some major collapse um or or it could end you know tomorrow with you know the session of of faith or something along those lines it, it really it really depends um on you know if Genesis and Pantheon are willing to make peace or if they'll continue to push after, you know, a peace offer has been, a new peace offer has been made, right? So um, I, I don't think anyone wants angel space. I, I, I think that, you know, this major push of, of silent on OG to, to get... Um, like recruitment or something along those lines is is just absurd. Um, you know, we were very locked in place. I I think moving would be extremely de detrimental to the OG community. Um, so, you know, I, and I can't see Pantheon or Genesis or anyone else, you know, waging an endless war on, you know, these small alliances, OG, Void, and Warp, just for for space, right? I I just don't see that. It's not it's not valuable enough to continue that, right? So eventually, um, there's gonna come a point where you know the the content is elsewhere. Um, I I think that's okay. I think that you know if uh a war between silent and uh and pantheon would do the community a lot of good well they got their own issues up north and now re as of recent too i believe the silent and uh pantheon are blue with each other now since, they are yeah since sh had joined in this war in the south but there may be an instance too where pantheon's helping them with ff so it it, it goes both ways it's not just a hey we're gonna do this for you just for content it, I, I believe there's a two-way deal there it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me um you know these major groups teaming up together against you know smaller groups silent was not having any trouble with with fireflies right um i think they were you know very much on the back end that stopped defending uh, for the most part their citadels um there's some minor conflict still going on you know but it's it's nothing like what we saw initially uh with the war between those two um i i also don't think you know pantheon and genesis really need help against the content coalition i think you know it it's 
kind of a, a stalemate situation. Um, you know, we we form up more than they do uh, in you know ACR prime prime time in in APEC times, and they form up more than we do in in you know other times. So the the only reason that these three major groups are teaming up um, together would be you know to end alliances. You know, make the blobs bigger. I I don't think that that's particularly beneficial for the community in general. I think, you know, some of these groups would, would do really well with a breakup, right? Uh, back to, to smaller alliances where we can see more of these 100 v 100 uh, you know, battles instead of, you know, a thousand player battles. Mm -hmm. I've been saying it for months, just draw borders. But some, some people don't want to be neighbors with others. Yeah, I mean, we, we offered to, to draw borders. Um, you know, a, a clean line between esoteria and faith. Uh, I, it was a expansionist war um, with the the botting war in in general uh, to to acquire faith for Genesis. Um, so the the whole idea of you know that being defensive or whatever is is kind of absurd. Like they they started in esoteria, um, and then they had the whole war. With the Elysium Coalition, Elysium lost, um, and you know broke up, you know mostly from internal stuff, and now Genesis has both all all of that those regions, um, period basis, Paragon Soul, and Esoteria, and now they're claiming faith. Right? So I, I think you know it's a, a clean line break between those between faith and Esoteria would would probably end the war um but unfortunately it's been denied from uh from genesis right yeah well i could see several months ago probably six months ago people were still trying to expand uh you know claim more and more land nowadays it's not so much it's more about consolidation and we're not getting as many new players Coming into the game as we did six months ago, so why is there a reason to expand? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been saying this for for months. OG is you know in a, a single region, you know, Wicked Creek. We're actually we own half of that region. Um, it's the good half. Uh, sorry, Void. Um, but you know, we're all of our alliances are are really compressed and makes our defense. Um, fantastic we we always get way more um people in in defensive operations all of our miners and stuff um have doctrine ships you know ready to go and um you know consolidation with good ratting practices and and ratting rules and um and kind of a a environment of you know just like a community environment where there's not a lot of competition between corpse for for space and we all share space works really well for consolidation um and uh, we've been trying to get you know the content coalition just in general to to consolidate for a long time i think the problem is that you know no one no one wants to leave their home i don't think it's it's really great for morale it's it's horrible for morale probably one of the worst things um, you can do to a community to completely uproot them, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it 
it's difficult to consolidate because of that, um, but I, I do think it's beneficial uh, for both defense, for morale, um, you know, long term in the game. Right. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand the whole need to experience. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, the big thing with ACR is, you know, uh, they have several, you know, corps and alliances living in faith right now. Um, but it's it's a big ask to ask them to move out, right? We have three citadels there, so. So did um did Content Coalition lose a citadel last week? I think they lost one relatively recently. Yeah, so OG lost um, five H. Uh, that was that was a mistake we had. Uh, it was a timer mistake. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so I, I think all of those are resolved and all of our timers are set correctly now. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we didn't contest one. it. Yeah, all yeah. it takes is one. We, yeah, we, we definitely knew it was it was going to be lost as soon as it was put into hole and we're like, the timer is what? I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, didn't contest it. Put out a little Reddit post like um, saying, you know, join the fireworks show um we, we try to have a, a a good you know be be a good sport when when we make mistakes and and whatnot and it happens right yeah yeah just imagine what the meeting was like when uh, gha had five going to hall on one night oh i bet <laughs> be rough <laughs> uh yeah so yeah, so talk about quality of life and player attrition within OG Void Content Coalition. Are people getting burnt out of CTAs? Are you seeing higher or lower numbers in CTAs now compared to maybe a month or so longer ago? Um, what what what's the quality of life? Are, are people afraid to undock? How how bad is it? And talking to GenFed, uh, if I if I remember correctly, you know. Mama Rex, she doesn't want to ruin the game for players. She supports the community, and I, I, I do believe this. Uh, she supports the community. She supports players wanting to play the game. But yet, you know, everybody's at war, but she doesn't want to ruin the game for them. What, what do you think? What, what's the Content Coalition think about this? Do you think that it is ruining the game for them, or are they actually having a lot of fun? Yeah, so I I uh I think that in general we've we've had lower CTA numbers, but I think, you know, that's uh we've had you know I think that's kind of game wide. Um, you know, Genesis used to form up, you know, five hundred uh in an offensive operation, right? Um and now we're seeing, you know, a hundred or less from, from Genesis. Uh I think the as far as CTA numbers, um, Pantheon has has probably benefited the most out of out of everyone, um, just because of the sheer number of people that they've um, from from GJ and from uh, a few corps from Genesis joining over, and uh, you know I, I think uh, they've really grown the most and and benefited the most from this war. Um, Contact Coalition definitely has has seen a, a drop in numbers. Um, I don't think it's as severe as what we saw with with like Genesis and and some of these other groups. Um, but it's you know we're we're certainly not afraid to undock. Um, you know we're mining and ratting you know 
basically 24-7. Whenever a, a fleet comes in, we're always forming up to defend. Um, usually we'll get, you know, uh, 80 to 100 people in a flash form, you know, for, for a defense like that. I think those are, are fairly reasonable numbers for three months at war, right? Um, I, but, you know, as far as how the war in general has affected uh, th three months is a long time to, to be constantly defending uh, yourself and your allies um, and, you know, going on offenses and whatever. Uh, sometimes, you know, five or five plus CTAs a, a week. That's, that's a lot of pings. Um, as, as well as, you know, defenses and stuff. Uh, I think ping burnout is, is a major issue um, with both sides really um we're, we're not seeing that so much with og i know void had some some issues with that during their uh you know the occupation of pantheon in in uh, void space uh, i know you know just in general uh you know, activity has dropped you know it'd be very unlikely to, to get a 1500 Battle, uh, 1500 right. uh, person battle like we saw in Zid again um, at least until there's there's a period of peace and we're, we're seeing you know a new conflict uh, sprout up to where an opportunity uh, to, to really psych up our uh, members for for a major operation like that again so are there any current open chats for negotiations on peace right now um, there were until two weeks ago or something like that when uh, Sun Banana kicked me out of a Diplo room. So um, no, there there is not currently. Um, but you know the the same offers are still on the table. So right now it just seems like everybody is doing this for content. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. With, with we'll no negotiations. Yeah, with no yeah, negotiations. Silent going. is. Uh, well, we we. Tried negotiations for for a long time, and you know it's it's a fairly stagnant war. Um, there's not a whole lot of uh, of like citadel losses on on either side. Um, some major fleet losses on both sides, right? Um, but I I don't think anything has really fundamentally changed. Um, silent joining the war is also obviously a major shakeup, but we've we've yet to see any real you know, they they aren't offering SRP for for their war, and it it sounded like it was a kind of an optional thing against OG. And all we've seen um, thus far is basically interceptor um, roams and a, a fairly large interceptor fleet during one of our, uh, during the um, like five H battle or whatever, putting those into hole. Um, so it it should be uh, definitely interesting um see how that that goes um i i think we're definitely going to reach out um and and see you know what what a concession and an end to the war would look like right right um you know with with that major change well with scanning out and nyla space coming out when you want people to focus on getting the riches within there and you know, yeah, kind I mean, of revitalizing the game. It's like getting people back into the game, having fun again. 
some sort of peace, <laughs> you know, but the galaxy is never going to be completely under <laughs> peace. We already know that. But I mean, got to get for, some sort of short time. <laughs> if yeah. we were to make it make peace for a short time, literally no one would be at war. Um, uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think members are going to do what they want, right? Um, they're donating time to alliances um, to to be able to expand space, to be able to defend space, um, to you know m- make these wars. They're they're the the line members are the real heroes in this, and they're they're the ones that are you know donating all of their time for these these massive CTAs. Um, I I think that's super important to recognize that. Um, extremely important to uh, to you know focus on what what's best for the member base i think having having this new content out and stuff um has already uh offered like a a major disruption in in uh you know basically silent declared war on og um we had like one major you know scuffle and then this new content dropped and it's just quiet um no Not one's roaming. Sec. No one's doing whatever. Yeah, because um, ev- everyone's busy um, doing, you know, the nihilist content. I I think that's fantastic. It's great, um, and that's that's what the players want, and that's what we should focus on. So I would, I would love a peace offer um, to be able to explore this new content more, and um, you know, build up our our fleets with uh, the new you know modules and stuff to have this you know, next generation of doctrines. Right. Well, I don't think Nihilist sleeps, so I think you could hit him up pretty much any time. <laughs> but yet again, <laughs> he's probably in it just for content too, and to support yeah, Genesis. Sure. You know, yeah. um, they're a long time allies with Genesis, and that will probably remain for a while. So... Yeah, I definitely agree. be interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny, I don't with know the, how... funny with the scanning thing is a uh, low sec... Probably took the hardest hit in that. Yeah, no sec. People's outposts got revealed and all that. But the story mission runners, I mean, <laughs> I hear that's why Plex dropped. So drop, drop in price. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. We're we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of Care Bears on on Reddit. <laughs> oh, actually, that reminds me. I should probably check Reddit. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway man well we're we're getting close to an hour so though that was that was everything that i wanted to talk about you have any closing thoughts or shout outs anything you wanted to add yeah i just wanted to uh say thank you to the you know cc community it's it's been an absolutely awesome ride with with all these these guys we become you know really close uh the last couple months um you know, coordinating and whatever. You know, we we started out basically, you know, all gray to each other. Uh, OG was was blue to only F one and Void before this whole started, and now we're blue with you know this huge coalition, um, which is you know it's it's been interesting and cool, and I'm, I'm super glad that we've been able to find a, a group of like minded people who just you know their primary thing is content um for their members you know providing content for their members um and you know i'm I'm glad that leaders like that exist um 
it's it's been awesome. So big shout out to you know um, Sarp and Amoxin uh, from Void and uh, Eric from ACR. Um, been amazing people to work with, um, and we've made a lot of friends. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for talking to me uh, today about all that, and uh, it's definitely some good info, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for the Content Coalition, and maybe we'll see some big battles down the road. I like yeah, to see I big battles. Personally, really I like the big battles. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this has been awesome. Um, thank you so much for having me on your show. Appreciate awesome. it. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Anavera, and uh, I hope the best, and uh, fly safe. You too. Well, that'll do it for this week. If you like the show, please review it on Apple Podcasts or on my Discord. I want to know your feedback. For those that have reached out to me, I thank you. And this episode is brought to you by... The Degenerate Gambling Club. Ever feel bored with Eve Echoes? Well, I have a solution for you. At Degenerate Gambling Club, you can chill and spend some of your hard-earned isk. At our club, it's just like any casino where you buy in and gamble at your heart's content. When you gamble, grab a few beers and just chill. They are not a court. They do not do any RMT or real money transactions. And it's not possible to get banned doing this, so it's perfectly safe. I tell you what, I, I go over there every once in a while, and I play blackjack and some roulette, and just have a good time. The guys are great over there, so I'll, I'll leave the link for their uh, club in the description. Also, Elandria over at Borg sponsors this show. We are Borg, we are family. That's their motto. They're a very large organization that has industry and mining, also, PvP-focused programs, just as top-notch as the top-notch corps out there. They look out for all of their drones in the collective. They have a great community, both in and out of the game. They have sci-fi fans, D&D fans, and fans of other RPGs. And there's always somebody to talk to in comms. You too can become one with the Borg. Life in Null Sec is good, full of riches to be had, and you can be part of it. Go check out Borg. Also... Oz sponsors this show. You remember Oz, right? The owners of No Place Like Home and WX? Join Oz and join the GenFed Alliance. At heart, Oz, and his, Oz is an industrial corporation. They offer low-cost ships built in-house for their members. They're a sovereignty corporation and a member of the Genesis Federation. Their guiding principle is that they provide an environment where all players can pursue their passion within the game without overbearing restrictions, requirements, or taxes. Play the game the way you want to play the game. It's the job of the leadership of the corporation to support and encourage you in any endeavor you choose. Though they are an industrial-based corp, you will find within their ranks dedicated PvP pilots, hardcore ratters, and all-star miners. Whatever it is that you like to do in Eve Echoes, you will find a like-minded brother or sister in Oz, or mineral and buyback programs, 7% tax, and wonderful benefits being part of the family. Join Oz and make their mark on New Eden. Together, we are Oz. Also, please come and join my Discord. You can submit your very own corp ad, 
or you can just come by and show support for the show and just hang out. I do need more topics for the roundtable talk, so I'll leave my link in the description. And if you want even more Eve Echoes news and a deeper dive into what's going on around the galaxy, go check out Damon Zell over on YouTube on his show, Echoes from the Front. He goes over game news, he talks about Weekly Sov, goes into some of the, the drama that's going around the galaxy and all the wars, and talks about Citadel's lost and battles, big battles and all that stuff. So go check him out. He's got a uh, good show over there. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, fly safe, and I shall see you next week. Oh,